Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Oh, what's up, wrestling fanatics, fans, fanboys, and probably even a few mama's boys. We are back. (laughs) It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, and this is episode number 52, featuring, as always, sitting across from me, the number one fan man and all-around badass, Ben Watson. What up, what up, what up, man? You know I'm the number one fan man, baby. Don't call me no fanboy. And, of course, as always, myself, Brandon Olinger. What's up with you, Ben? Oh, man, you know... (laughs) Just kind of in like a little somber mood right now. You know, as people know that, uh, you know, we do this podcast, uh, and it's a national podcast, and we talk about a lot of teams, but everybody knows that we're Buckeye homers. I don't know if we're We're Buckeye fans. Are we homers? We're kind of homers. Yeah, let's go fans. Can we go fans? Yeah. Okay. Because we we call it how it is sometimes, right? We're going to call it how it is today. But I tell you what, you know who else calls it how it is? The freaking people on the internet. They're... Vicious, dude! I tell you what, I'm, I, we've been cyberbullied. We've been cyberbullied, and I'm going to call the authorities because the people on the internet are beating us up. Yeah, They're but beating us up, dude. We brought this upon ourselves. I think we deserve all that we're getting. But we were just chatting it up with our boys, JP, Carrie from Black Street Diary. You know, we're making fun, casual conversations, and these people afterwards are like, "See, I told you so. You shouldn't have said anything. Why don't you go out in the yard and shoot yourself?" I'm like, God, man. Well, listen, it is Super Bowl Sunday. My dog saw those. He was so sad. The day after Super Duel Saturday, and um, yes, as Ben said, we are a little somber. I woke up this morning, and I went to get breakfast, and all I could do was just make myself a nice hot plate of crow, and I've been eating it all day long. I just started drinking beer. (laughs) Maybe that's what I should have done. There you go. I don't know. I had a pretty... Major hangover this morning after Yeah, dude, let, let, first, I gotta air some grievances The way you make gin and Festivus is over Dude, you are ridiculous So I Ubered over to Brandon's place last night Because I knew we were gonna have some cocktails And that's a smart thing to do But holy moly, Brandon made me one gin and tonic I drank it, and I was like, whoa I'm feeling pretty good And then he made me the second one that was just straight gin I couldn't even finish it I'd, I'd be I'd be hung over for like seven days if I drank that second one you made me. And yeah, toughen up, buddy. Toughen up, Buttercup. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's get down to a little business. Like I said, this is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. As always, feel free to send us emails to the Inside Trip One at gmail dot com. You can even catch our Facebook page. It's obviously called the Inside Trip. As for the podcast itself, it's at all your typical locations, most notably Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, and I'm sure many, many others. So we're going to get through a few more business things before we get into this podcast. Listen, don't forget, 
you can order the 2018 NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships preview guide that's put out by Jason Bryant. Um, it's an amazing resource for everyone who wants to follow along at the national tournament. He puts a lot of work into this. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an extensive guide with lots of statistics, history stuff, the whole nine yards. You can find it at matttalkonline.com backslash fanguide18. Hey, the retail value is $19.99. But we've got a little promo code you can use, Inside Trip, all one word. You get to save $5, and we also get a little kickback to help support this podcast or our drinking habits at the NCAA tournament. That's right. Come on, guys. Use Inside Trip. And, you know, without belaboring the point too much, I get this fan guide. It, it is really amazing. If, if you're a statistical nerd like we are and you like to look at past, you know, uh, uh, stats and everything like that, it's really fun. You order it, it comes out a couple days before the NCAA tournament, and then you just have, you know, you have your bathroom reading material and your nightly reading material for the next couple of days covered. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so anyway, get out there, get to that website, order it. Again, the promo code is Inside Trip, and um, after last night, I'm thinking we're probably going to need to be supporting our drinking habits at NCAAs because we are a little concerned right now. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, and, again, we still have a few T-shirts available, um, mostly just larges. If you are interested, hit us up via email or a direct message on Twitter. Shirts are $25. That includes shipping. And a big shout-out, big thank you to everyone that's already ordered, already bought one. As always, we appreciate the support. Okay. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys for whoever bought the shirts. That, that's, that's really awesome. So, here we go. Big match last night. Big match last night. We got to do it. We just drink beers and hang out instead. (laughs) I mean, we could. We could drink beers, hang out, talk wrestling. There we go. There we go. All right, Ben. Big big match last night. Number one, Penn State. Number two, Ohio State. Um, Rec Hall. Six thousand six hundred ninety-nine fans. Vicious, screaming, angry fans. Bullies. Mean. Not nice. Just not nice. Like I, you know what? I'm gonna write a stern letter to those mo- their mothers. <laughs> um, you know what can we say, man? Big, you gotta give props to Penn State. They they went out there and they they earned that win. Absolutely, they, they absolutely earned that win, and they did so without one of their best guys. They did so without one of the best wrestlers in the country. <sighs> Look, I, I mean, what else can be said is what I, I think it's kind of what you're getting to. But there can, there's a lot that can be said about the entire match in its entirety. But I tell you what, the one thing we have to do is we have to give mad props to um, the coaching staff first. Let me tell you why. Because they had that team ready to rock and roll. They had that team ready to rock and roll. They had that team believing that they're going to win. They, they were down early, but they didn't, they didn't fret. They came back. They knew what they needed to do. I mean, think about it. They we, we had the deal. We had the duel sewn up because we were thinking all we need is Colin Moore and Kyle Snyder to win, and it's over. Who cares if you know Bo Jordan and and, and Mymar don't win? Well, you know what? That didn't happen. Man, I, I think you made a great point there, Ben. And it's like when when you watch Penn State wrestle, when you watch them wrestle anybody, and even when you're watching other teams wrestle that aren't wrestling Penn State, one of the biggest differences between Penn State and every other team in the country is that Penn State wrestlers compete with this aura of confidence. That's exactly right. I mean, you don't see it that much from other teams. 
you may see it from individuals on other teams, right. but not entire teams. And I'm going to tell you right now, that was one of the biggest difference between the two teams that I saw last night. It was noticeable. Like, even, even Ohio State's best guys, and we're going to get into this, but when they went out there, you just didn't see it. They had to battle. Their they best, did. The, look, I think that Penn State, let me go through it, minus 149, Penn State's team, every guy on their team, and maybe 33, scored offensive points. I don't think Keener got a takedown, do you recall? I don't think he got a takedown, and I know that um, <clears throat> they didn't get a takedown. Uh, um, 57 is what I mean, sorry. Uh, Bo Pfeiffer didn't get a takedown. No, Keener did not get a takedown. Yeah. I think he got uh, three escapes and a penalty point. Yeah, so so eight of their guys, even, all the, even the underdogs in there, scored offensive points. You know, it brings me back to one thing, and, and this is – actually, I don't know if I want to save this for 197 – um, or not, but since I'm talking about it, I might as well. You know, I, my coach uh, in college, Jim Harshaw, he now, um, you know, he lives in Virginia. He was uh, All-American for the University of Virginia. He's had a lot of things to do with the University of Virginia, and he runs— He works in their administration, right? Uh, I think he does something there, and he's also got his own company. Right. He always used to tell us, like, he was very—he was excellent at getting people mentally prepared. And, and he always told us the story of—he always would say, when you step on that line— you have to believe you can win. Not just I'm going to say in my head I can win, but you actually actually have to believe it. And he would always go back to Greg Jones, and he would always have to go. You know, Greg Jones was a uh, national champ, and the next year got went two and out at the NCAA tournament. And he said, "Do you think that guy in the first round, that unseated guy that had to wrestle Greg Jones in the first round of the NCAA tournament, won that match by accident? No, he it was a guy from Hofstra actually. He stepped on the line believing he was going to beat the returning national champ." And that's what those guys do. That's what Carson Kuhn did. I mean, these people stepped on the freaking line believing they could win. And I'll tell you what. We had some guys that stepped on that line that did not believe they can win. Absolutely. I I, I can't disagree with that. And I have a feeling that we're we're probably going to piss some Ohio State fans off, you know, by the end of this podcast. We tell it like it is, man. At the end of the day, it, it is what it is. And I mean... There was some bright spots for the Buckeyes. Don't get me wrong. There was absolutely some bright spots. What I found interesting, what I absolutely found interesting, is that the Buckeyes scored first in 7 out of 10 matches. Wow. I mean, that that's a positive stat when you're wrestling an offensive juggernaut what do they team say? like Penn State. What do they say? Like, person that gets the first takedown. I don't know the exact statistics, but it's, a, it's pretty high. I don't know what if, this is. If you get the first takedown, it's pretty high that you win the match. Well, I mean, that didn't happen. That, didn't, that, that wasn't the case in its entirety last night. To be truthfully honest, no. Um, but you're right. You know, you take a guy, and let's just go. I mean, let's let's start with 125. Sure, let's do you it. You take a guy like Carson Kuhn stepping on the line with going against Nathan Tomasello, that everyone knows is, you know, he a three-time All-American, a national champion, and Kuhn does not back down one bit. Does not back down one bit to even to the to the to the point to where he's winning eight to seven. After the first period. I mean, I think he got three takedowns in the first period. He got three takedowns in the match. They were all in the first period. So the first takedown, it was kind of Tomasello slipped. I don't know what he was doing. But I tell you what, as soon as Tomasello slipped and got taken down, Kuhn's right boot came in. And I tell you what, recall, it was deafening on our TV. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like there. Those guys are going nuts. Kuhn rides them. They go out of bounds. Tomasello gets an escape on the edge. And Kuhn freaking goes righty headlock. Boom. If that would have happened in the middle of the match, we could be talking about something really weird. Because I, first, I didn't think his hips were turned. His hips were turned down. Or Correct. turned. His, his, his hips were turned in a position to where Kuhn could have 
continued that. Yeah. He headlocked him. That that one That is balls, man. That one plus two sequence right there on the edge of the mat at the end of the first period, to me that was that was huge in this match because that right there, after that Tomasello didn't have a chance to attack him. Right. Okay. We, we now we're thinking. Okay, you got to get back out there now. now we got to get you're, this. Major. You're losing the match. Yes, you got to get this major. You're losing the match eight to seven. So one, we got to win. But two, now let's see if we can get the major decision. But the tech fall was completely out of the question. And unfortunately, had we had those sequence of events had not happened in the first period, and Tomasello was able to go out there and establish a commanding lead like he typically does. A tech, a tech fall was very much in it the was, It would have happened. Because Tomasella owned him the rest of the match, minus Kuhn did hit him in a high crotch and scored. I mean, Kuhn scoring his own offensive points on Nathan Tomasello, a guy that we don't normally see getting taken down. So it's funny you say that, and maybe this is an overreaction on my part after last night, um, and I would definitely have to go back and watch some of Tomasello's recent matches, but... Does this seem like he's having a hard time fighting off takedowns once guys get in on his legs right now? Um, Again, beyond who else took him down? I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know if it's an overreaction on my part, but did he, did he get taken down in the Purdue match? I don't think so. He might have. It's hard Again, to remember. Going know, off memory I know it was here. a bit. He beat him like 18 to 5. I got to imagine that a lot of those were escapes. Okay. Um. I, I, Tomasello is not a great Ray scramb- Foley. Did Rayvon Foley take him down? Did not take him down? Okay. Tomasello is not a great. He's not. He's not elite defensively. Once somebody gets in on his legs, now certainly he can fight off a shot. Sure. But where he's elite defensively is somebody trying to get to his legs. People just don't get to his legs. Yeah, he's got great head, hands, hips. Defense. Right. Yeah. So to see Carson Kuhn take him down three times. Now one of them was Tomasello slipping, but still Carson Kuhn capitalized off that. One of them was a headlock, but. The most impressive one was the high crotch. Just, I mean, who is this dude? I, I, I don't know if he's going to qualify for the NCAA tournament or not. I know Penn State fans probably right now are thinking that he's the second coming and he's got an opportunity to do All-American. He, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, let's he, be realistic. He doesn't have an opportunity to do All-American. I agree. Um, in such a deep weight class. But he might have an opportunity to qualify. But you know what he did do? What he did do that was so important last night is that his wrestling on the mat against Tomasello, scoring three takedowns, winning the first period and keeping it to a major decision, even though Tomasello walked off that mat, the victor, with a major decision win, the momentum, the fan, the fans were going crazy. That's to, right. that, that was a win. That was a win to them. Yeah. Penn State got bonus every time they needed it and expected it. We didn't get what we needed every time. You know, in fact, like, I don't think we got anything. I think out of all the people that we expected to – I think the only person that hit the projection that I thought, like from a bonus perspective, was Micah Jordan. Was Micah. Well, I mean, and as you'll find out, I mean, as we'll get to throughout this podcast, look, bonus points was the big difference in this match last night. Ohio State got bonus points in two out of five wins. Penn State got bonus points in three out of five wins. I mean, that's that, that's the difference right there. There you go. I mean, absolutely. Well, bonus points are the name of the game when it comes to Penn State wrestling. And that right there is why, even as Ohio State fans – you know, and as excited as we get about the team that we have this year, this lineup that's great top to bottom, that's why we are still underdogs going into the national tournament. Why do why do all of these Penn State fans think that they're underdogs? I mean, are they just playing it up because they want to be the, they want that mantra because they're not used to it? Look, here's they're a, they're not underdogs, man. You're not the underdogs. They got five returning national champions. 
Right. And even if they don't all become national champions again, if if you got three national champions and two third place guys out of those five, hey, you also got another guy now at 141 that can be an All-American and who scores bonus points. Well, and you forgot about Nick Nevels. Correct. You still have Nevels. And it's looking like no matter who you throw out there at 97, you've got an All-American candidate out there as well. Absolutely. Okay, so now you've gone from last year having just five national champions to this year returning five national champions plus another three guys that can All-American. Yeah, their team, is, their team is better this year than it was last year, um, minus the, because Siriano didn't wrestle the NCAA tournament. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we're a Penn State podcast. Well, no. I mean, I'm calling it like it is. The bottom line is, for Ohio State to win the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to have almost a perfect weekend. Yeah, and that's and we've talked about this before, Ben, and it's – I don't care what anybody says. It's, it's the honest to God's truth. For Ohio State to win these types of duels, for them to win the national championship, their margin for error is very, very thin. Saw that okay? last night. Very, very thin. Where a team like Kent Penn State, because of how they wrestle and the guys that they have and what they just do, they can have a guy or two slip up and still go out and win a duel without one of the best wrestlers in the country and win a national title. A yeah. team championship, you yeah. know? They could. They have a shot to win the national title even if Nolf doesn't end up wrestling. Now, I think that in a tournament setting, it's likely that if Nolf doesn't wrestle, Ohio State does win the tournament. I think but, it definitely shifts the fit. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely shifts that. Yeah, and you know. I don't know, man. Nolf was on crutches last night. Looked like he had a big knee brace on. But, you uh, know. We he was still, dancing. Did you not see him dancing last night on, on one crutches? leg? Hey. Not, not as bad. Like, look, I'm not sitting here trying to say that I, I hope that happens. In fact, I, I, I swear I hope it doesn't. But, you know, um, it shocked me that he was on crutches with a big knee brace. Yeah. Granted, we got some. What do we got? About a month until until yeah. bigs. Well, according to Kale, it was it was minor. Everything's going to be okay. I don't I don't trust what he says in the media. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into one thirty three, man. I know you had some uh, some thoughts about the way Luke Pletcher wrestled. Um, Pletcher, uh, Pletcher, Pletcher went out there obviously against Corey Keener, got the five to four win. I think it's the exact same score that uh, from two thousand and sixteen when he beat him. Yep. Um, so, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, you know, I thought Luke Petcher looked really good in the first period and then just shut down. He just, he shut down wide stance, um, no attacks. He, he, I think he tried to do a couple elbow offs to no avail, but he, so his first period, he hits a nice, um, uh, he catches uh, Corey Keener underneath. Corey Keener kind of takes a bad shot. Pletcher catches him underneath on in a kind of a trap, uh, what is it called, uh, an elbow, not, where, where he's not in the front head, but he's got the... Like a head trap? Yeah, head trap. Catches him in a head trap. Let's him up and boom, shoots a high C, finish that really nice. And then he finishes another uh, elbow off, like elbow pull, um, high C, both of them to uh, uh, Corey Keener's right leg. Takes him down. Now with like 20 seconds left, he's not able to ride out the period, so it ends up 4-2 after the first period. So it's 4-2 after the first period, went went in 5-4. Now Corey Keener wasn't close to scoring on Luke Pletcher, I don't think. Uh, he, He had some outside shots. He wasn't doing much either. Um, he did ride him for a little bit, but he, you know, he was in the position where he had to let him up. Luke Pletcher gives up two stall calls in the third period. You know, he gets his escape, wins five four. To me, what I would like to see is, hey, you took him down twice in the first period. Why are we letting off the gas? I think you hit it right there. I think you hit the nail on the head with that right there. Look, you showed in the first period that you had no issues taking this guy down. You actually have great offense when you want to use it. And I'm sorry, but even though you don't bonus a lot of wrestlers, you don't bonus a lot of guys as fans and 
just for Ohio State in general, they need more from the number two ranked guy in the country. Right. You need okay. because look, if we've seen it before, Dean Heil effect. If you wrestle a lot of close matches, eventually you're going to lose one. And what happens if that's in the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament? And then now all of a sudden you're in a blood round against a tough dude. Right. You know, right? That's you, you can't continually wrestle these five to four matches against unranked guys. Corey Keener has shown nothing this year that that would seem to indicate that he should be able. He's on the same level as Luke Pletcher. Okay, I, all right. So don't major him, but beat him eight to three. Correct. You Correct. know, put a ride on him, take him down a couple times. Don't now. Now Corey Keener's saying. I got a shot this next time. And it goes back to the same thing with, with Kuhn at 125 after that match. All you've allowed, all Pletcher allowed by doing this. Yeah, you won. You won 5-4. to four, But you know what? Them fans are hyped. Penn fake, They're like, Penn you know fans what? Aren't dumb. Yeah, you're the number two ranked guy in the country, and you just beat our guy by one point. They're hyped. They're screaming. They're going crazy. I mean, it's a hostile environment, and you weren't able to, to shut them up for right. a few seconds. Penn State fans are not dumb. They realize... Big time that 25 and 33 were wins for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought that the Buckeyes needed to come out of 125 and 133 at minimum with eight points, preferably nine points. Right. And we didn't do that. We came out with seven points. Well, Nathan Tomaschello, we, we, we didn't think we didn't expect Luke Pletcher to, to major Corey Keener. We thought it was, might be a chance, but he's not a big major guy. I just don't like my my biggest beef with that isn't so much the fact that he didn't get bonus points. It's that you take him down twice with some beautiful shots in the first period. And then you just you you wide stance hand fight like very few attempts afterwards. Very few. I think I remember one. I watched the match again today. I think maybe one legitimate takedown attempt after the first period. Right. It doesn't make sense. It does. I guess it just doesn't make sense to me why why you wrestled that way. Were you were you that tight because you were you just knew you needed to win the match and this was your best opportunity to win the match? Is not open up. I don't know, man. After the first period that he had, though, like if I'm. If I'm a coach or just whatever, I I want my guy to go out there and say, okay, we didn't get what we thought we needed at 125, so now I've got to go out. I want to make up for that. So I I, I put it on this guy first period. I'm showing I can take him down at ease. Keep putting the foot on the gas pedal and shoot for that major. Maybe you don't get it, but you know what? A 9-3 win shuts that crowd up. It does. It does big time. And – you know, I was very impressed impressed with Luke Pletcher in the first period. I was. I, you know, Corey Keener's stingy. He's not very offensive. He's not going to score a lot of points on really good guys. But he's stingy, and Luke Pletcher was able to take him down twice. And for him to shut down like that was just a disappointment. So I, I just I can't say that it's a win in my book. I can't say that 25 or 33 were wins in my books even though they won. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I'll tell you what was a win in my book. And this is where we might defer. Is one forty one? I thought Joey McKenna looked pretty darn good. I absolutely agree with you. Oh, I thought I, you didn't like. I thought you. Th- I thought you said he didn't look good. I, I thought McKenna looked really good, with the exception of one moment. I think he had a brain lapse, you know, a mental lapse during one moment where he kind of got back got on his days of cool. Um, you know, whether I can't. I'm going off memory here. Whether he was kind of slowly turning around to face Lee, or maybe he was just kind of got back on his heels a little bit. And he backed out of he backed out of this of the situation like there was an engagement. He backed out of the situation, and his left heel was on the mat. That's right. right? That's so right. He just kind of and, and Nick Lee is just chasing him. Exactly. And he, he goes not even drop to the you can you can talk about it, but he doesn't even drop to the damn his his damn knee and just grabs the leg. Right. No, I mean. You, it, so with the exception of that one little mental lapse right there, I thought McKenna wrestled great. Look. Uh, 
people have beaten McKenna up lately. Okay, like you know, he's done. He's regressed. Cyberbullying. You know, he's just he, he's not who we thought he was. You know, he, he had a bad loss to Tommy Thorne. Okay, it happens. Anomaly. It happens. I mean, it's an anomaly loss. And look. Nick Lee's just been going out there. He's the media darling right now. Oh, look, they pull a shirt. He's scoring all these bonus points. He's got he's got top three potential. I get he's it. Very get good, it. but I mean, then people are talking him up like he's he's damn good. I, you know, he's not as good as everybody thinks he is. He's very very good, but people expect people were talking major on the um, on the message boards. That's what I mean about the disrespect. Well, that's why I try not to get into the message boards a whole lot. I, yeah, I dive deep. That's, just, it's just it's cesspools, really good. That's man. why I'm going to die 10 years too young. Message boards are just a cesspool for people, man. I love I, it. I can't, I can't get I into that. It. You know, but look, I'm gonna, I will disagree with you with what you just said. I think Nick Lee is as good as what everybody thinks he is. Okay. Okay, but... I point. hope so. He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> but the point I was making is that McKenna is not as bad as what people are right. making him out to yeah. be. What I would like to see from McKenna, like to be truthfully honest, I mean, I was really impressed that he scored a couple of takedowns and was able to put a, an amazing ride on Nick Lee. I was really impressed with that. What I want him, to, what I want to see from him, is for him to keep having that confidence in his single leg attack because when he gets in on that single leg, he scores. I mean, it's very good, and once he takes you down, he's he's a great rider. He may he's, not turn a lot of guys. He's an excellent, excellent rider. Exactly. So I, that's what I want to see from him. Like, trust your ability to get on that single leg because he's got the ability. He can get in on that shot on probably anybody in the country. Don't be afraid to do it. And what that's going to do is it's going to open up his double, which is actually his preferred shot. Good point. He gets in on that single leg. What I really liked about Joey McKenna was a couple things. One, he, he got the first takedown. And then he got reversed and ridden for a little bit. So, you know, because um, Nick, Nick, Nick Lee reversed him. So I think he was either losing going into the second period or it was it was close. But so. No, um, so Joey got the first takedown. Lee escaped and then got a takedown. Got a, and then got a takedown. Got a takedown. And then Lee went bottom in the second and got an escape. Right. So it was four to two. Correct. And so, but so you're thinking you're losing four to two to, to Nick Lee, even though he got that first takedown. Nick Lee's about to pour it on you, brother. And then they hand fight a ton. Joey McKenna gets a takedown with six seconds left. Remember the one where he kind of sucks him back onto his yep. haunches at the end? Yep. But what I really liked about Joey McKenna, even though he gave up another takedown in the third period, so he gave up two takedowns to Lee, got two takedowns, I believe, rode him like a dog, which I think was the um, which I think was the difference in the match. Yeah, so it was t- uh, McKenna got two takedowns plus two escapes and the riding time point, and uh, Lee got two takedowns, two escapes, so seven to six. Okay. What I liked was, even though he gave up that takedown late, which was he shot in and then got spun around because he just looked like he was a little tired. Look, McKenna's going to get tired. He's cutting a lot of weight, but he still managed it. What he did was he weathered the storm of Nick Lee. Nick Lee, out of everything, beyond technique, beyond anything, Nick Lee's best um, you know, his, asset. his best asset is his pace. Correct. Okay. And McKenna was able to stop it. McKenna was able to get them in some head traps, slow them down, get some stalemates in front headlock positions. Yeah, maybe it's not the most exciting wrestling, but what he did was he neutralized um, Nick Lee's pace, which is his best asset. And then he wrestled, he utilized his best assets, which were great defense, a tough-ass ride on top, all great tight waist on top, rode him like the Blair ride for a little bit, and then he got the two takedowns that he needed both off of sweep singles, both off of beautiful finishes. 
the fact that he was able to neutralize Nick Lee's pace was the reason why he won there. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think Nick Lee's got great offense, but when you combine his great offense with his pace, at times he can appear a little erratic. Right. And he does. Think, Last night we said, like, remember he was, like, reaching back for the head or something. We're like, this guy don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he, he reminds us of Colin Moore last year. Yeah, remember, Colin Moore was just going balls to the wall. Still and trying like to figure stuff Throwing out. stuff at the wall. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of it worked for him. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, great points, Ben. I mean, I think you're right. McKenna was able to shut down that pace. He picked his spots. He got in on his single legs. And um, it, it's a great win from him. And, and you know what makes it even – this has great – implications on Big Ten seeding because I was pulling that up right now. Joey McKenna right now has one loss. It's to Tommy Thorne. Nick Lee beat Tommy Thorne and Tommy Thorne just got beat by Happel this weekend by Iowa. That's big help to us. It's a great I don't know how it's going to play out but this was a major win. And Nick Lee has other losses. Nick Lee's lost now. Nick Nick Lee's lost to Zachrell and um, Yanni Yanni Diakam Hollis. And Caden Veller. Yeah but I'm not sure how much you can utilize that for seeding purposes. Because we don't know what Caden Gafella really is. Sure. Um, but we do know that um, – we do know that um, – where the hell is it? Tommy Thorne's got a lot of losses. I don't know how many of those losses are in the Big Ten, though, but I do know that he's lost to Lee and he just lost to Happel. So what I guess the point I was making is what McKenna was able to do was put himself in the discussion for the top seed at the Big Ten tournament. Exactly. And that's why I just pulled up 141 rankings. So let's run it down here. Uh, Zach Rose 5, Nick Lee 6. Here's the problem, and here's the help. The question originally would be, can Joey McKenna jump Tommy Thorne? Before the Happel loss, you could have to say no. Right. After the Happel loss, you've got to say, look, we will, we will favor and we will give credence to head-to-head wins, but they can't constantly just be a head-to-head win. I, I agree with you. And Tommy Thorne, you lost the Happel. Joey McKenna just beat Nick Lee. Nick, Lee's has some, Nick Lee has more losses than McKenna, I almost think you can jump McKenna up there. Above, I think you can jump McKenna up there to top eight, top top seven, top six. I get what you're doing there, Ben. It's, a, it's an guess, eleven to six jump. What I'm doing, I'm not even concerned with rankings. I'm just I know, strictly I know. talking I just like Big talking Ten about seedings right now. While we're on the subject, yeah, major props, Carter Happel, our inside, inside trip, trip of, of the, the week. week. So, Carter Happel, um, I don't know if you listen to this podcast. You probably don't. But if anybody – we get a lot of Iowa listeners, a ton of Iowa listeners. So if there's any Iowa listeners out there that have any ties to Carter Happel, let him know that we will uh, send him an Inside Trip Wrestling T-shirt because he is our Inside Trip Wrestler of the Week. The Inside Trip of the Week. Yeah. Yes. But all we got is larges. So, Carter, you're going to have to beef up, brother. Yeah, you're right. I'm always like, a large fits fine. Yeah, fits you fine. Yeah, I know. But then I realized I wore a small when I was 125-pounder. It's too bad we got to get old, Stallion. All right, all right. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to Hold the Hold on real quick. One, no. one last thing. Go. Where does, where does he go? Where, where does, where does uh, McKenna go in Big Ten seating? And let's, let's say, okay, what, what if he beats Jack? Well, I don't think the Jack result either way is going to really help much with Big Ten seeding. I think if he, big be- NCAA. It, yeah, if he beats Jack, it's it, it's big for NCAA seeding. But right now, you know, McKenna just needs to worry about continuing to take care of business. Who's he got next? next Sal Profaci? Yeah, Profaci from Michigan next yeah, he, weekend. He, if so, he takes care of business, we're in good shape. There. Right. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to 149 pounds, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's funny, too, because um, we got so 
geeked when Keyshawn Hayes took down Zane twice in the first period. And I think we forgot for a split second that Micah Jordan took down Zane two times in the first period in last year's duel. Ended uh, up in a tech ball. It was the same result. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it just shows. And you know what? I get it doesn't show a lot. It obviously shows Zane Rutherford is amazing. But I think what it also shows is that Micah or Keyshawn Hayes didn't go down there and back. You know, he didn't back down. Now, people are saying that he was stalling during portions of the match when Zane was on top of him. Well, I tell you what, if my if my arms were getting ripped off and trying to be beaten with me, I probably would have stalled too. But what it does show with Keyshawn Hayes is that he um, went after Zane. He didn't back down. He scored off a go-behind. He scored off a low double. He went after him. He did his best. What else do you expect from a man? I, I mean, I expected a tech fall for Zane. Zane is such an animal on top. He's so mean. He's ruthless. And when I say mean, I don't mean it in a bad way. He puts you in physical pain. And when you're in some serious physical pain, do you really want to wrestle? I have nothing to compare in my lifetime to what it's like to wrestling Zane. But this is what I'll say, man. I I feel I mean, I feel Hayes shut it down after he got those two takedowns. I mean, Zane went on to score 19 unanswered points. And I, in my opinion, <laughs> Keyshawn Hayes is a you know top four through seven guy right now, a guy that everyone is expecting or wanting to be on that podium at the end of the year, regardless of what position on that podium. I'm wanting you to keep fighting and say, okay, this guy's beating me right now, but I'm going to keep this to a major and not let him get that tech. So, so what, there's got to be something give me the match, done. Do you get the match breakdown? Because I can't imagine that Zane scored a ton of his points off the feet because there was no escapes. Um, you're right. I would say you're probably pretty right. So what that. do you mean, keep fighting? Dude, when you got a boot in? I mean, can, can, best, we, can we keep fighting to maybe limit some of the right? turns? No. no not I, a possibility, I, huh? I, I don't think that it's much of a possibility under there. I think if you fight, you're just going to give him – you're just going to put yourself in a position where he can freaking – Opinion. Zane's not to bonus. Say he didn't fight, but look, Zane's bonus in every one of his matches this year. But you know what? Ryan Deacon was able to keep it to a major decision. Why can't Keyshawn so Hayes? Was Deluca, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So you can't tell me it's not possible. It's absolutely possible. What, what do you think he did on bottom? You think he just kind of? I'm just trying to figure out. I, I I don't know. I really don't know what I think. I'm just. I'm just stating, like, look, that's what I would have preferred. And you know what? Maybe I am so off base right here. Maybe Keyshawn was freaking fighting his nuts off. And at the end of the day, it was like, look, you're right. Zane brought the pain, and I couldn't keep him from turning me, okay? Right, you got to remember Deacon and um, DeLuca, when they got majored by Zane, it wasn't a similar scenario. You got the crowd, you know, behind your back there at Rec Hall. And I'm, we haven't talked about this, Brandon. I truly think that gave him a huge home field advantage. I think it made a big difference. It was massive, massive home field advantage. So I think that and remember Zane didn't Zane teched him at seven minutes. So it was it was right at the end when he teched him. So um, it went like this, okay? So take down for Keyshawn, escape, take down, reversal, near fall two. Right there. After okay, the second the takedown, you and I are up just slapping hands, yeah. going pumped. Yeah, we we were pumped, but then suddenly we get reversed and then there's a quick near fall two right there. Um we go neutral. We choose neutral, second period, Zane gets a takedown, near fall four, all right? Um, (sighs) Near fall four, near fall four, near fall four. It was like near fall two, stall warning, 
That was a second stall warning, penalty point, stall warning, another penalty point, and then a near fall four. I, I, to me, I, I th- there had to have been opportunities to limit some of the damage. <laughs> Especially, like you said, he teched him at seven minutes. Yeah. Maybe don't, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I've never had Zane Rutherford on top of me. I don't want it. I'm going, yeah, I'm going to make sure that that, hap- that doesn't happen ever. And um, there's nothing else I can say about that. The fact that Zane is such an amazing leg rider. He's probably the best leg rider in the country. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree. And he with can that. score off of non-leg riding techniques too. You know, and, and maybe maybe Hayes was like, "Look, all right, he he is on top of me. He's going to work. Nah, my number one goal right now is I'm not getting pinned. Okay, so maybe it was a victory in his mind that okay, he didn't pin me. I only gave up the tech. I, I don't know though. I, I've been, I mean, I've been I, told I shouldn't speculate on what's going through athletes' minds right. in these situations. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, you know, at the same. Yeah, you're right. We, you know, we don't have the we. You and I have never been in a position to be. We've never wrestled Zane Rutherford, so should we, we shouldn't be able to comment on it. Um, I, I do believe Keyshawn stepped out there with the best intention of going after him. I think that shows from a couple of takedowns. I agree. One, one off of Zane's shot and one off of his own shot. I just think that when you get put in a position with that hostile crowd and, Zane, and the best wrestler in the country, uh, free, or folk style-wise, on top of it right now, it's kind of been shown um, – it is what it is, right? What are you going to do, yeah. man? No, you're right. Try not to lose an appendage. I'm probably being a little too harsh right now. Um, my apologies. I, I just, look, there's, just, people, there's, there's, there's way more blame to point, in my opinion, in this duel than Hayes getting tagged. Yeah, I mean, good point. I just, I guess what I'm doing is I, I, I keep running through scenarios in my head of where the Buckeyes could have saved a point here, saved a point there, saved a point, got here, a point here. That, you know, exactly, that, that, when it comes to the final, you know, two matches, it really it just really changes the the dynamic, the dynamics of, exactly. of how you're supposed to, how you're going to wrestle that match. Correct, right? Correct. I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. Um, I, I'm not sure this is one where we we look back and say, man, we really screwed this one up. You know, could he have fought that one off? Because you're right, he did get teched in the, in the seventh, you know, in the final waning seconds of the match. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I did. This is one of the matches I didn't rewatch this morning because I. I, I didn't didn't want to watch Hayes get his ass kicked. <laughs> so. All right, let's let's just go ahead and move on then. Um, Big win at fifty seven, baby. Yeah, you know what? Look, I get it. Micah Jordan, he's wrestling a backup and Bo Pfeiffer. But what I liked, what I really liked about what Micah did, Micah did exactly what he needed to do. All right, obviously he would have liked to have gone out there and gotten the pin. Um, and he, he actually tried to, but what he did is he tried to at the right moments. He didn't force it, and he didn't waste a ton of time trying to. He didn't to. burn a t- ton of clock. Exactly. Going for that fall, knowing that he needed at least a technical fall here. And I thought Micah had a great strategy. He wrestled the match as perfectly as what he could have done and d- did exactly what was needed. Completely agree with you there. I mean, you know, he, w- when the opportunity presented itself, he tried to go for the three-quarter. He tried to maybe lock up a cradle here or there. Um in the end of the day, Michael Jordan's not a prolific penner. I think he might have four on the year or so. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of those are against, not to say, you know, they're, they're against lesser guys in a non-hostile environment when you're not nervous about, I need to leave myself time to tech fall. Look, look, it's a lot easier to go out and get the pin against Michigan State when you realize if I don't get it and I don't get the tech, it's not a big deal. But here, he's like, I have to make sure I get the tech. Now, he teched him in 606, you know, maybe go for a pin, maybe try a pin a little bit longer. That's hindsight. That's Monday morning quarterbacking. He went after him, or excuse me, he went out and he did what he needed to do for the team. I think, you know, 
I, I had him just to a major, but, you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Mike is going to take this dude. He did what he did. You know, I don't. I mean, I expect a similar result when he wrestles Jason Nolf, Um, Probably, you know, maybe just a major. Right. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I don't think. I was like, yeah. going to major. Right. Jason Nolf. but. Um, I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, it, in all actuality, if we're being realistic about this, that's a nine point swing right there. It's 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 a nine point swing if Nolf is wrestling. This match would have been a lot worse. Yeah, because I have Nolf. I have Dolph probably majoring Micah. Maybe even a tech fall. Yeah, I think that Nolf's not as good on top at turning as um, – now, he does some funky turns, but he's not as good on top as turning as Zane was. Zane was able to tech Micah because of those ruthless turns on top. Yeah, but you know what What Nolf is really good at? Feet to back. He's really good at putting people on their back off of their shots. And, yeah. and Micah's a volume shooter. He's not afraid to go after it. And that's where I see something happen. You know, Micah had taken all those shot after shot after shot and just – Nolf catching him in some funky situations, but whatever. It, it we didn't happen. see it. We didn't see it last night. We're going to see it. We'll see it at some point in time, hopefully. Hopefully. If not Biggs, hopefully NCAAs in the finals. Right. So, all right, first five matches, Buckeyes win four out of five. We're thinking, woo, we're, things dude, are looking we're good. All, all, we need, we, all we need to win is two out of the next five. No, one. One out of the next five. One out of the next five. You know, two. We did win one out oh, of yeah, the next excuse five. Excuse me, two out of the next five, and it's over. You're right. <laughs> right. So I'm thinking, dude, Colin Moore, Kyle Snyder, it's over. Let's just have some fun now at 74 and 84. But, you know, first we had to talk about 65, I guess. Right. This is where the, uh, I guess, the proverbial wheels started to fall off the bus. Yeah. They, did you see the picture of the bus they took out there? No, I didn't. It was, it was posted on Twitter. And did it have wheels on it? Uh, yeah. On the way home? It, it was awesome. It was, I don't know about on the way home, but on, on the way, <laughs> great question. <laughs> on the way out there, this thing was sharp, dude. Big, big old, it was like a tour bus. It was like something that, like, you would see, like, uh. You know, Def Leppard touring in or something. Um, it was sweet. Nice. Yeah, and they took it out there. You know, um, but well, that bus, that bus seemed to start breaking down at one sixty five. Grab me one, will you? Um, that bus, that bus started breaking down at uh, one sixty five when Vincenzo Joseph just put it on. Uh, number one ranked Vincenzo Joseph just put it on. Tishan can't. Tishan Campbell ended up winning twelve to three. But I tell you what, I'm. <laughs> I I couldn't be more disappointed with the way that Tayshan Campbell wrestled that match. He wrestled not to lose from the start. He was the one guy. It, it, I'm. He was the one guy that stepped on that line and said, "I know I'm not going to win this match." You know, it's funny. You Keyshawn say Hayes that. stepped on the damn line against Zane Rutherford and was ready to try to win. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you say that because I don't know what's going on with Campbell. I really don't. Maybe he's cutting weight. Maybe he's just struggling. Mentally, I, I, it could be any number of things. Big Ten grind. But what I don't, what I just absolutely didn't like the most is Campbell's body language on the mat. Not, last night, and not just last night, but the last few weeks. I don't know if you noticed it. He just seems like there's when things don't go his way, he starts to get upset. He pounces you know? a little bit. He looks at the coaches and he says, "What's going on?" Like when he got hit for stalling once when they went out of bounds, and it was a really bad call because it was it was it was off of some sort of like. A, uh, maybe an escape, and then they both en- ended up going out of bounds. He got hit for stalling, and it was a bad call, but he like, looked at the coaches and was just like, you know, and then looked and you could just see a close-up on Big Ten Network where he's just, you know, I'm doing a face, but obviously that's a podcast. He just he just didn't, he just seemed like, oh, my God, everybody's against me. Campbell, Campbell can wrestle, all right? He's got talent. He's got skill, and, you know, may- maybe he wasn't going to win that match last night, but he, he, 
he absolutely had the ability to keep that match to a decision. Absolutely. Oh, don't don't even get me. Well, I, I guess that's the whole goal of this podcast is to get people started. He um <laughs> he gave up points. And, and he kept it close in the first period. I think it ended up being 2-1. And he fought off an awesome shot on the edge. I don't know if you remember this. Um, uh, Vincenzo Joseph was in deep on a high C. Campbell fought off right. and got his hips up right. and went out of bounds. And I'm like, okay, we're fighting here. We're in a dog fight. Let's see what we can do. All right? Vincenzo takes down. Okay. You know, I think that I think that how good people think Tayshan Campbell is on top is an over-exaggeration. Yeah, he beat the crap out of Anthony Valencia first week. Other than that, I haven't seen him that great on top against anybody worth their salt. But he lets him out. Like, um, he doesn't even get the riding time below a minute. It's right at a minute. It's like have some freaking mental awareness to get that, that riding time down. Um, doesn't do that, lets him out, and then just Vincenzo Joseph walks him around the mat on, in underhooks. Vincenzo Joseph does whatever he wants. Yeah, I, Campbell was letting Joseph get to his ties that Joseph loves, his best ties, and exactly I mean Joseph was pushing him around the mat it was almost like it goes back to look respect your opponents but but is is it possible can you have too much respect for an opponent we saw it at 184 (laughs) Um, good point good point but yeah you can't have too much respect for your opponent I saw Campbell take one semi-errant shot and that was about all I saw from him he he looked like he was out there to do the job of not get majored and when you're out there just to do the job of not get majored a lot of times it's going to happen. We, so we know that uh, Tayshan Campbell was, was down by, I think, uh, nine points. Or no, not nine points, seven points with ten seconds left and got taken down by a double leg. A double leg. I don't see Vincenzo Joseph hitting that many double legs when I've watched him wrestle. Maybe I'm wrong, but we gave up a double leg with nine seconds left to give up the major. Yeah, we gave – and that was right after a stall. A right. stall call. That was the that, one that where he had that bad face. Point. He got the penalty point, and then he turned around and got the double – Gave up the major, man. I mean, and again, it's it's like the theme here. Show some heart. It's the theme that yet another place, another opportunity for the Buckeyes to save a point that would have drastically this changed the, the outcome of this match or the dynamics of this match, like you said earlier, and and we failed to do so. So yeah, if you look at it, let's talk about that. So we at uh, at forty nine, we give up the the tech fall with you know right at the end of the period, um, right at the end of the match. And same goes at 165. Nine seconds freaking left. You're losing by seven. I, yeah, we know you're not happy about losing by seven, but get in a stance and don't give up a freaking double leg. You yeah. can give up a stall point. I agree. I agree. All right, so I think, look, I think we've kind of beat or, up on no, Campbell No, he couldn't enough. have given up a stall point. I apologize. But still, we've get in d- a damn stance. We've beaten, we beat up on Campbell what enough. Do, okay, and, well, I think that we need to talk about Campbell. No, I, what what, I, what, I, I what do we know. expect from him out of the rest of the season? Who's he got against the – he's got freaking Massa against Michigan. You know he's, he's lost his last five matches. Yeah, it's not good. And he's got Massa. And then who's he got at 65? I don't know who he has it against NC State. Uh, Hidley's at 57. Um, Donahue's 49. Uh, who is their 65-pounder? I don't know. I, I, it, it, not it belab- matter, is it really? But not to belabor that point, he could go into Big Tens. Let's just say they have a tough guy. He could go into Big Ten, so let's just say even wins that match, losing six or seven out of his last eight. That's 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 not a recipe for all American success, guys. I, you know, I, I love my Ohio State fans, I love my .netters, I love my Yappiers, I love all of our Twitter followers that we get to interact with. But boys, to expect right now that Tayshan Campbell is going to make any sort of difference 
at the NCAA tournament is naive. I'm hoping that look, I think I think as we've seen, minus the duel against Arizona State when he had the big win against Valencia, I think one thing that we Easy have seen team. one thing that we've ha- have seen is that he seems to perform maybe a little better in a tournament setting. So a lot of that could have to okay. do with I mean look it, it, Campbell's big. He looks big. He's admitted he's cutting a lot of weight. So I'm hoping that we'll see a different side of him in a tournament setting when there's a little bit different weigh-in rules. Right. And, and, you know, I don't think he's making the finals of the Big Ten because they wrestled the semis um, the night before. So let's just hope he can scrap enough together to where Saturday morning after he weighs in for that second Big Ten thing, he can make the finals for third and fourth or fifth and sixth. That's deep weight. You take top six, you're— I mean, I guarantee they're going to qualify probably 8, 9, 10. Uh, maybe even more than that. I mean, I think 165 oh, is probably right. one of the toughest weights in the country in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, yeah. So, they're, he's going to – look, he's qualifying. He's qualifying for sure because he's got that Valencia win. He's got the win against uh, the dude from Princeton. He beat Schleifer. Schleifer he's got a win over finalist. Isaiah White at the uh, yep. Keen. Um Now, White did avenge that loss as well. But still. But still, I mean, he's got some quality wins. Um, he's he's in a rut right You're now. You're giving me a little more hope. He's in a rut. Look. You know what he said? He said that on the Steelwood Radio podcast. Um, they asked him, they said, what's the difference between the Big Ten and the – or what's the difference between wrestling here and Pitt? He said, the schedule, man. He said, it's just a grind. He's going to lose – I don't know the exact thing, but let's say he loses to Massa. I mean, he's that would be like a six-match losing kid. Maybe he gets one win at NC State before. But if you're losing out of your last seven matches, six of them, that does something to you mentally, bro. Exactly. It goes back to what I said earlier that, yes, he, he's admitted that the biggest difference is the grind, you know, the Big Ten grind, the schedule that Ohio State wrestles. But eventually that grind and the results are, will weigh on you mentally and look at his body language on the mat. He needs uh-huh, to get that under control. That. He needs to get that under control because he's an important cog in this team and they need points from him to win a national title. Every time I get uh, get really down, you talk me off the ledge. So maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe he. Because well, look, he doesn't. Have, you don't have to beat everybody to be an all American. What does Frank always say? Frank Baxter, our coach. You know, he's like, oh, there's so many great people in this weight class. He's like, yeah, but you don't got to beat them all. Exactly. You just got to beat one or two of them. But speaking of that ledge, I'm glad you uh you got back off that ledge. Let's get to 174, and I'll put you right back on that ledge. Bojo. Versus Mark Hall, Ugh. a rematch of uh, what last year's Big Ten Finals and National Championship That's Finals. Right. That's um, right. Uh, go ahead, Ben. I'm gonna let you go first, brother. God, I don't. Even, I mean, I don't even know what to say about this match. Can I start off by saying that I thought that it was ridiculously inappropriate at the end of the match when Mark Hall, you know, knew he was gonna win it. He started screaming in Bojo's ear. Maybe, maybe it's just because. It's my boy that he's yours. He's screaming into, but dude, I don't. I don't mind getting. I never mind getting up and flexing and screaming. I don't mind it at all. After he won, he got up and he flexed at the crowd. I think that's completely fine. Did but, you see the picture? Yeah. Of it? <laughs> at like first, when I first, like, when I first saw it, like because the picture was like. Um, Hall had his arm across Bojo's yeah. face and he's screaming. I thought, is he is Bo biting him or something? And he's screaming. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Bo, I'm taking a chunk out of that right. arm. Right, but I didn't like that. I thought it was a little bad form. And I know I'm gonna look. I'm gonna take a lot of heat for that because I'm be like, well, you're just having fun, just doing this and everything. I get it, but don't show your guy up while you're on top of him. Don't show him up while you're on top of him. That's rude. The same thing with the Deluca tongue out. I wouldn't like it if our guy did it either. I swear to you, I wouldn't. You Don't show him up when you're on top. You're, look, Ben. Hey. Okay. Yes, on one hand, you are absolutely right. And I, I will agree with you on that. On the other hand, 
my counter argument would be, hey, why don't you win the freaking match if you don't want him doing that stuff? Yeah. You don't like him getting up and doing a Superman pose after he beat you at the national finals? Don't let him beat you. You don't want him screaming at the crowd when he's on top of you, riding you out as he's getting ready to win the match in the duel? Great. Don't let him beat well, you. I have, I have less, I have less angst about him doing the Superman pose because it was at least it was after the match. You brought up the DeLuca thing. Hey, you don't want DeLuca sticking his tongue at everybody? Why don't, don't we? Get chucked on let's don't get chucked on our back. Not once, but twice. I know, but you know what? Have have a little bit, and look, I, like I said, had no problems with Mark Hall getting up and flexing and going nuts. That's a nice win. It's a big win, home crowd. But let's wait till the match is over. Don't scream and start bobbing your head when you're still on bow, okay? Because Nathan Tomasello didn't do that, you know. Joey McCano didn't do that to Nick Lee. You know, I mean, wait till you're off, Mark. Wait till you get off them. Hey, maybe it goes back to that comment we made earlier about just the confidence that this Penn State team wrestles with. And I'm going to tell you something. I think this this match right here is a is, is a phenomenal example of that. Look, what I really Mark Hall can be so polarizing. Okay, he really can. Right. Some of the antics you've talked about, but what I really admire and appreciate about Mark Hall is that there is never any moment. That is too big for him. He thrives in the spotlight. He thrives under pressure. And it's obvious that he has so much confidence in his abilities. And you know what? I I wish, I, I beg, I wish more Buckeyes wrestled like that. We had Mark Hall, but he ended up choosing Penn State. I, I, don't, don't take my comments about the fact that I think he acted a little immaturely at the end of the match, before, you know, while the match was going on, to say that I don't like Mark Hall. Or I don't respect the way he is a wrestler because I actually do like Mark Hall and I do respect who he is as a wrestler. I just thought it was a little bad form, that one little piece. But you know what? At the same time, the dude's 20 years old. He just won a match in front of sold-out Rectal over the number three ranked guy in the country. He got a little excited. So I'm not going to sit here and not forgive him for that. I just wanted to bring it up that I thought it was a little bad form. It doesn't mean that I think he's a bad person. It doesn't mean that I think that, that, that I'm going to hold it against him and hate him for the rest of the wrestling. I, I just think, that, like I said, I just think that he shouldn't have done that. Dude, I'm almost 40 years old, and when I save 30 cents on gas, I pump my chest. Okay. So I get where he's yeah, coming from. Yeah, but you're from. not doing it on top of the gas pump. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you might be. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. You do out there. Let's get down to the match, though. Here, here's the yeah, thing. No doubt. Look, wait, wait. The match where uh, Bo Jordan didn't take one shot? Not one single shot. Is that what you wanted to get not down to? Not one single offensive attack. And you know what? He didn't and, take a shot. And kudos Kudos and props to the Penn State coaching staff and to Mark Hall himself. Mark Hall and that Beautiful. coaching staff, they had a, a wonderful strategy for Bo that said, you know what, if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to beat me by attacking my right leg because he kept that left leg so far back from Bo Jordan. And you know what, it was almost like it, it stunned Bo. Like, I don't know what, what to, to do. do. And you know, it wasn't just, we all know he's a, a right leg lead, Hall. Right. But it wasn't just the, I got my right leg lead. He would not step with his left foot. His foot was way back. And when Bo, see, I watched this again this mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Bo tried to circle him mm-hmm. to his left to get that right leg to come forward. Is that how he got ducked? Is that how he got ducked? I didn't watch that part. Okay. But just in the first period, he tried to circle him back. Right. Mark and Mark circled. He circled, but he kept that leg back. He didn't bring that leg forward as you expected. Bo, very heavy on the hands or head. head. He lived. He's lived on Mark Cole's left leg before. Every match they've wrestled, he's been in on it. He's been in on it every time. He did well. He didn't shoot, but he wouldn't have came close. He he didn't shoot him. The only takedown he got was because Mark Hall got his head accidentally slipped. You know, 
um, to the outside on it because I think he shot a single to a, uh, the side he normally doesn't shoot one to. Got in, got in a little funky position, and Bo Jordan kind of sca- sat the corner. Right. And then he immediately got reversed. Mark Hall's hips. He's got amazing hips. Like That's how he beat Bo in the finals. Correct. Now, we don't agree with the call about that not being two, but, the, but he reversed him because right. he just sits up, sits out. He gets his hips real high, like his dick. I don't know how else to say it. Whoa. Okay, his wiener. Whoa. His wiener okay? I mean, he gets his wiener pointed to the sky, and he just sits real hard. I mean. So there you go, kids. It's all about the wiener. Point yeah, in the sky. They say get that. They say get it up to the sky. They say bring your hips to the party. Yeah, and and Mark Hall does that. He's got great hips. He's got great. Um, he's, he's he's got great mat awareness. I was gonna say okay? mat awareness. He's got phenomenal mat awareness. That, that was on the edge. He's just man, and he's he's so good in so many facets of wrestling on that mat that you really have to be on your a game to beat him. It, and he'll have a lot of close matches, but what again? It goes back to what I really love about him is even in those closest, those close, extremely tight matches against high level competition, I don't think there's ever a second that he thinks I may not win this match. I completely agree. You I know, think that I think the only person that can go with him in the country right now is Zahid Valencia. No, I, I no. I, see, I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay, because here's the thing. Look, Mark Hall won this match. He won it six to four, and Bojo didn't take a single offensive shot. If Bojo yeah, what the hell was that? Find a way to get to his offense, maybe have a secondary shot to Mark Hall's right side, which he's shown in the past. He's got that duck double. Right? Yeah, he would have to hit that like it's a duck double or it's like it's like a knee drop. Like a knee double. drop double. You're right. I mean, it's knee- the same thing. Well, no, it's the same thing. It's basically he lowers his level straight down Correct. rather than shooting in. But I'm I. I full-heartedly believe that Bo Jordan can go with Mark Hall. I mean, he's beat him once, and both of the two losses have been very close. So Bo Jordan got ridden like a dog, got taken down with that duck. I think he got taken down with that duck with a minute 40 left in the third. minute 30 left in the third. <laughs> so I shouldn't say this. <laughs> and then he just got ridden. Say it. I shouldn't say this. So um, my son's wanting to go to wrestling camp. And he wants to go to a Jordan camp, so I pulled up the uh, the, the Jordan camp's website yesterday, and I'm mm-hmm. perusing through it, and it's talking about all the things they teach. It says we teach escapes and reversals. No, you and don't. I, and I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't. I don't want Michael Jordan coming in and teaching me how to escape from anybody. I, I shouldn't have gone there. I really shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> if my kid goes to that camp, Jeff Jordan's probably going to beat him to death. Yeah, well, Jeff Jordan camps are amazing. They are amazing, and, and those kids are amazing. Jeff and Micah have, have shown nothing but just class for the program, and they've just been amazing. They've just been amazing p- p- parts of this program. That doesn't re- real. That doesn't mean that two knuckleheads who talk wrestling, which is what our podcast is, can't criticize how we thought that they wrestled. Okay, now I- I'm going to have some critique because one, he didn't shoot. Two, if you get taken down with a minute thirty left and you're still in the match, get your Freaking ass off the mat. He got ridden out for a minute 30. You know what? Maybe I'm not mad that Mark Hall freaking yelled in his ear. Because he just rode him out for a minute and 30 seconds. Mark Hall's a better rider than Bo Jordan right now. Who would have said that? Who would have thought that? Remember Bo Jordan? Bo Jordan couldn't do shit on top. I mean, Bo Jordan as a freshman was so amazing on top. I mean, guys were scared. Scared of what he was going to do to them when he got on top. Zane Rutherford-ish. They did not want to get their banana splitted. Or that power half. The power half. Exactly. I don't know, man. It's just like, I truly believe that Mark Hall did such an amazing job of just shutting down Bo Jordan's best attack. And Bo had nothing for... It was like he... 
it was like he was dazed. Like, I don't know what to do. Mark Hall, the only time he got taken down was actually off of a really nice shot. Right. Bo had some good defense there, but there was, but then he reversed him when he went dick high. <laughs> so it's like, he went dick high. Okay, that's the third time you said dick I don't know podcast. what you want to say about that. There's no, there's no other way for me to describe it. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Okay. All right, let's get on to 184. Well, well, no, I, I, want, I want to talk a little bit more about one, one, 174, if you don't mind. Um, oh, please do, because, I and, mean, and, this is really bringing my spirits up today. And it's not about the match. It's about... Is Bo Jordan going to end up on the same side as the Heat at the NCAA tournament? And how do you avoid that? Well, seeding's going to be very interesting at the NCAA tournament because look, Zahid is going to be the one. Zahid is going to be the one seed. McFadden's at one sixty-five. Zahid is going to be the one seed. Mark Hall right now is positioning himself as the definite two seed, but you still have Jordan Cutler and Daniel Lewis, and I'm not sure Daniel Lewis Lewis has lost a match this year. Now he hasn't wrestled the competition. He hasn't wrestled any. You talking about Cutler? No, Dan Lewis, Lewis yeah. has not. He's undefeated. Um, Dan Lewis has not wrestled anywhere near the competition that anyone else has. And Cutler right now has two losses, both to Mark Hall. Right. Okay, so seating is going to get very interesting. Bo, Bo still has a chance to be on the opposite side if he wins the big. Now team. I want to make I want to make a caveat here real quick, and they don't look at this, but this is what I think that why I think that sometimes you have these issues with guys that are undefeated. Bo Jordan has never lost to. Daniel Lewis, okay, but Daniel Lewis could, and I know it was previous years, but Daniel Lewis is probably on the fast track to get that three seed. I mean, if you think about it, if Daniel Lewis goes into the national tournament with an undefeated record, Mac Champ, um, I mean, he's got a definite argument to be made for the three seed. I mean, I know, and I just don't like that because I think that you really need to look at strength of competition. If Bo Jordan's beaten everybody else except for the one and the two seed, why doesn't he deserve the three seed just as much as an undefeated guy? Because he's undefeated, what minus about, the two guys that were ranked above him. What about Jordan Cutler, who's wrestled lots of good competition, but his only two losses are to Mark Hall? Yeah, I he's mean, got a case for. I mean, Cutler does have a you, case. You can apply that you're same right. logic to multiple people. And I'd so, like to. I'd so, like to. So let's say you're. You, let's say you're the seating committee. All right, and I, I don't. Well, I, I, like I, I don't even want to get. I don't even want to get into what, whatever their criteria is. But let's say you're the seating committee, and you're like, okay. We got Zahid at one. We got Mark Halls two. Now we have three guys here that all have a case to be made for the number three spot. Okay, and you're just splitting hairs. You can't figure. You're just debating it and debating it and debating it. So at the end of the day, if I'm on that committee, I'm saying, you know what? If we can't if we can't come to an agreement, let's give it to the guy that hasn't lost this year. So why don't we give it to the guy that has the best wins? Maybe, and maybe they do that. I don't know, Ben. I, I but mean, maybe Bo. Who? What's Bo Jordan's best win? Miles Amin. At this point, probably a mean. Who did he have at the Cliff Keen? A mean he beat in the semis, lost as a heat in the finals. He yeah, so I mean, a mean. So maybe, so okay, so say he beats Mark Hall. That's what I'm saying. He has to win bigs to be in that conversation with the three seed. If he, because if he goes into bigs and he loses yet again, now he's got four losses. No, you're not in the conversation right, for the right. three seed. No, agreed. I, but if he beats Mark Hall, he could be the three seed. I think so. Yes, I think if he wins the Big Tens. He's in the conversation, and this is where you and I probably differ. You know, we have a difference of opinions when it comes to the seating. But I put a guy can only wrestle the schedule that he has. I get it. Okay, and when you got a guy like Dan Lewis, who's a two-time All-American, down at one sixty-five, and he's going into the NCAA's undefeated, and I believe he's still undefeated. I'm almost he is. He is. is. Um, you kind of got an edge there. And then if you want to get into that quality of competition and and losses. That's what I want to look at. Well, now, can you tell me that Bo Jordan has enough to trump Jordan Cutler, who has two losses and to Mark Hall? Hall. 
If he beats, if Mark, he beats Hall. Mark Hall, that's what I mean. No, I'm I'm going off the. If he doesn't beat Mark Hall, put him on Zahid's side, and that's what it is. And I'm not mad about it. And you know what? And honestly, the way that he wrestled Zahid last time, he might have a better chance to beat Zahid than he does Look, Mark if Hall. If he ain't getting the three seed, he better be hoping for the six seed. I think he's fine on Mark. I think he's just as I think he has just as good of a chance of beating Zahid yeah, as he does Mark point, Hall. Good point. Good point. To be honest with you, you right. think you're gonna have to be one of them. Right. I mean, look, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. I I just I wish that they would take. I think they have to take wins. You know what what wins you have into consideration when you're talking about seed. And I think that because if not, you're gonna have a guy like somebody maybe from the EWL who's undefeated, maybe has one decent win. You're not placing that guy. You know, top seven. Unless, no. You, it you make a great point there, and they've done it in the past. I mean, they've absolutely done, done it in the past. I think, uh, um, what was it? Well, Brock Zachary went undefeated, and he he wasn't did seated. He? Did he? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, let's let's move on to this. We're get, we're going off on a tangent here. Let's get to 184. All right, this match right here, I'm sure you have a lot to talk about, a lot to say. Um, I've got some thoughts on this as well. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, well, this match was very concerning to me for, for, for many reasons, okay? And if you look at it now, I mean, the series is now 5-2 to two in favor of Bo Nickel, okay? Miles Martin's never been able to beat Bo in a dual, in a dual setting, all right? Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's baffling to me because Miles Martin has some of the best offensive ta- of attacks in, of anyone in college. We've talked about this before a, a ton, that how he has such a natural ability to attack both sides of the body with the same type of shot. Single leg left and right, high crotch left and right. It's different variations, obviously. But not he'll go too, high, he'll go low. Not too many people can do that. Yeah, and he's not afraid. He'll go upper body with you as well. Okay, exactly. Which he chicken shit it out going upper body with Bo a couple times. It seems like when he wrestles nickel, he either... I think he's respecting Nickel. He's either respecting Nickel way more than he should, or he loses confidence in his abilities, and he lets Nickel dictate the match. Yeah, and 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 here's where here's what I thought about because last night you and I were both like he's respecting him way too much. He's respecting him way too much. Now, where it could be is maybe he's feeling something out there that we just don't see. Good point. I like, don't know. Like maybe he's like, wow, I'm in a really uncomfortable spot right now because every time Nickel tried to go upper body with him, which he did. Mymar got out of there like a freaking bat out of hell. Now, like when Mymar, Mymar took it up her body with something sweet. So let's just let's just dive into the match here. So first period they're battling. Nickel takes a couple. You know, Mymar not taking as many shots as we've seen, but Nickel takes a shot. Mymar beats the left arm, and as Nickel comes up, Mymar steps behind Nickel's right leg and catches him in a. And then he goes body lock. Trip doesn't end up getting the trip, but um, ends up getting behind him. I mean, that was beautiful technique. That that showed me stones right there that he's ready to go upper body with him. And then he gets behind him. He takes him down. But what he does is he takes him down forward and gives Bo Nickel the chance to Gramby roll. If he scrambles out of that, yeah. If you're gonna do that, what I was always taught: if you're taking somebody down on that way. Pull their hips backwards because you can't Grammy roll if your hips are getting pulled backwards a little bit. Is too. that the one they reviewed? Yeah, that's the one they reviewed. And you thought for sure that they had the takedown, and then when they slowed, I, they slowed it down. Yeah, it, after they showed it, I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. but, and then yep. Nickel got Nickel ended up getting the takedown there. Which okay, I've got a lot to say here. Same thing with um, same thing with uh, I know, same thing with um, Nathan Thomasello when he got headlocked. That damn um, press row was just too close to the mat. Their legs, I mean, they broke a freaking thing twice. You know, yeah, that that is true. I mean, now 
but Miles got taken down, but he he had nowhere to go. But you know what? It, look, I agree with you, Ben. But the disadvantage and advantage was there for the it was there the same for both teams. I agree. Okay, but it, but it presented itself twice for Ohio State, and it didn't present itself for Penn State. But that was two points. It was legitimately two points for Nickel. Fine with that. Uh, Mymar gets an escape, I believe. But then that's when Nickel started tearing it, put it onto him. You know what Nickel did? Nickel said, oh, no, Mymar got in. And then the next thing, Mymar gets in on a low single head outside. And then we start watching that scramble. Ends up being a stalemate. But that was where Nickel tried to armbar him from that one random position. That was it for Mymar's offense. You know, man, both matches that Miles Martin has won against Bo, he hit big moves in those matches to put Nickel on his back. Now, the one he hit in the Big Tens last year, he didn't get back points from that. I get that. And but he took him down with some other moves, too. I, I get that. Let me, let, me, let me finish my statement first. What I'm saying is, is it's going back to the way, the way Miles Martin wrestles in those matches. In the matches that he won, he hit some big moves. He took Nickel down to his back in both those matches and it was like he had this sense of confidence about him and he he smelled blood and he went after him okay you just it just you just I just don't see it though I just don't see it like last night and in, in the losses that he has the nickel you just don't see that that confidence in miles there man. was there was a lack of confidence for some reason and I think it goes back to maybe he just didn't feel comfortable in the positions nickel put him in and you know what? You you could be absolutely right. I will tell you this: yet another match where we gave up the major decision at the end of the match. Now he got turned. Slow mo shows left. the ref hit two count with one second on the clock. Yeah. It's almost impossible to do two second count in one second. I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a match. Well, you're guy. not supposed to do that, right? But it is what it is. But still, regardless, it's the fact, what are you going to do? He still he still got put on his back with that much time left. Correct. Um, I'd like to go back and give nickel props for two things. And both of those things are high crotches because that's what won him the match. Nickel, Nickel said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the basics. Hit him with two lefty high crotches. Nickel, I think, is a right leg lead. Now, he's so funky. Who knows exactly where he shoots what? He took him down with two beautiful high crotches and just buried Mymar. He took him down. I think another one with a minute and 30 left, similar to Bo, Jordan. And Mymar didn't even try to get out. He just – I shouldn't say he didn't try, but he just – he got ridden for a minute 30 just laying there and then got turned at the end. You cannot, when you're in a, okay, yeah, you lost the match and you can pout afterwards, but you cannot freaking give up back points to give up a major decision in a match this close with one second left. You cannot do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I completely agree with you. Look, uh, this, is, this isn't going to be a popular, <laughs> this statement's not going to probably be a, an, a popular opinion amongst Buckeye fans, but... Is it possible that maybe Bo Nichols just just a better wrestler than Miles Martin? Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. Bo Nichols said it. Bo Nichols said he was he better did. in all three positions, said, and I'm, I'm not mad about that because he didn't say it in a cocky way. He said, "He said, you know, I think I'm better. I'm better in best all three positions. That's the nature of the beast." Is he? Uh, yeah, probably at times. Doesn't mean Miles Martin can't beat him. He's done it before, I th- and, and I hope he does it again when it counts. I, I think. Mean, remember, here's where we have hope. Bo Nichols beat Mymar very similarly. I think it was eight to two. Very similarly in the duel last year. Mymar came out and beat him at Big Tens. Mymar is better. Don't don't get it twisted just because he lost to Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel's an elite-level wrestler. Beat oh. Gabe Dean last year to win an NCAA title. The sky is not falling for Miles Martin by any means. I, no, I don't think that he at all. He can win. 
Absolutely. He can absolutely win. But what he needs to do is he needs to get a little more confidence on his feet. Okay? He got I think maybe he got shook from two different reasons. One, he didn't finish that body lock and two, he didn't finish that head out, head outside single, which you really shouldn't be shooting head outside singles anyways, man. But he didn't finish those. Bo Nickel took it to him on his feet and he just I'm never going to use the word give up because I don't know what's going on in their mind, but you can you can look at body language and he just didn't look like he after he got taken out again, he knew he was going to lose. So he didn't fight to try to keep it to a decision. Yeah. Um, oh well, I, 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 whatever it is, I hope they, uh, I hope he gets it rectified, and uh, you know he wins the he wins the next one when it counts. The next two, yeah, and, the next and two. I, you know, because I think they separated themselves. Now we're gonna see my markets to wrestle Pete Renda. That's yeah, a big match. That's a big match. And, and, and I, you know, and he said that Pete Renda was one of the strongest dudes that wrestled. So hopefully he's ready for that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that remember this duel. It was that match was very similar to their duel. So let's not let's not overreact. You know, there is hope here. All right, so let's get to 197. Now I'm ready to overreact. Now you're ready to overreact, 197. Um, yeah, so obviously um, Colin Moore loses. Shocking to me that they sent out Anthony Kasser. So let's talk about a little bit about what we know just based off of reading the tea leaves and the tweets. So the tweets indicated, I think Christian Piles tweeted out, that um, Shakur Rashid beat Anthony Kasser this week and wrestled off 7-5. to 7-4, 7-5. 7 so they sent out Casser. Now somebody said that, or, and it was—I think it was one of the, you know, a media guy said that Casser was injured, and in, or Rashid was injured in the process. Well, so maybe that's why they sent out Casser. Because I'm shocked that they sent out Casser. What about you? I mean, I think that's that would make sense. That what you just said there absolutely makes sense of the situation. The only other thing that I was thinking was this, <laughs> and I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but I guess one theory that I was kind of kicking around was that look. You know, Rashid's been the guy at 197, but it's well known that Kale has been wrestling them both. They've been taking turns, but it seems like they've been sending Rashid out first on the weekends. Um, they gave him the go against uh, Beasley, the, the right. returning All-American. Um, I'm wondering if no one would fault Kale either way for sending Kasser out. Nobody could make a statement, but let's say they say, hey, look. We're not sure we're going to beat Colin Moore. We're going to send Kasser out there, and maybe it just helps protect who their actual number one guy's seat is. But what ends up happening is Kasser does the unexpected, and he just goes out there and knocks off the number one guy in the country. Yeah. And now you've got a dilemma. Now you've got a huge dilemma. Which, as a wrestling as, as a wrestling coach, I, I, I would think that as Kel Sanderson, you're thinking this is a great problem to have. Great problem to have. You got Kassar. Well, it also makes you nervous. You were hoping that somebody would separate themselves. But instead, they've both just elevated their game. And Kassar looked, he out-wrestled more. It wasn't a fluke. And at least for this match, I'm not saying, you know, it, it was a fluke and it was a huge upset. Okay. But Kassar out-wrestled he des- more. Yeah, he, he deserved to win that match. Yeah, he, Moore end- did not have any, the only close takedown Moore had was at the end of a period where he tried to go like some back trip double thing. Other than that, Kassar moved his feet better. Kassar Got in on takedowns. Moore did not look... He looked lost. Moore, he did not look good. No, he didn't. He didn't look like himself. He and d- I'm wondering if that's why there might have been something going on. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember just thinking to myself last night, who the hell is this guy that's out there? This is not the guy that we saw last year as a freshman placed third in the country win the Big Tens. 
just constant attacking. You know, with confidence, too. Just constant attacking with confidence. Almost to the point where it was almost detrimental at times. Yeah, I mean, it got a little little wild at times. Right. Okay, rein it in a little bit, but oh my, oh my goodness, he he's just, barely shot. He looked so timid last night, and again, I just thought he was lost. And it, almost like you go back to that, that comment again, like... Like the moment was either something was wrong or the moment was way too big for him. Either he was feeling pressure or whatever it was. But props to Casser for getting the job done, man. Casser looked really good. Um, I don't know what was wrong with Colin Moore. We don't know. We won't find out. Was he was he under the weather? Okay, I, like I said, I, we don't know. We're not making excuses. All I can say is this. Okay, Colin Moore didn't look like the Colin Moore. I've never seen Colin Moore wrestle like that. I've never seen him wrestle so timid, so scared to engage in offense. So maybe he was protecting his lungs. Maybe he just didn't feel good. Maybe he just, there was something he felt when he was wrestling Kassar where he was like, this guy, I'm not going to be able to get in on him, so I need to pick my spots. Do you think that maybe he went out on that mat thinking, carrying a lot of pressure, knowing that he needed to win this match for them to win the duel? Yeah, I think there was a ton of pressure. I think he was super nervous, and I think that um, I think that had an effect. I think that Rec Hall had a big effect on our guys. Man, yeah. I, I, I just I'm very disappointed in the way that Colin Moore wrestled. We don't know the backstory. The good news is that we've also seen Colin Moore dominate really good wrestlers. We've also seen him wrestle very well. Granted, he's had some closer matches this year than we would have expected, but he's still beaten very good wrestlers. You know, he's still going to be ranked number one, in my opinion. I don't know how everybody else has losses. So yeah. how do you not keep him number one? And, and even aside from rankings, I mean, if he goes out and he if he wins the Big Ten, which he's going to have to go through one of these guys. Sure. Okay, he's going to either have to avenge a loss or he's going to have to beat the other guy from Penn State, um, amongst others. You know, he's he's still – right now he's still in the driver's seat for the number one seat at, at the NCAAs. Absolutely. Um, I just it's it was it was more of a bummer to me because that was that sealed the match for them. You know, yeah, I mean, obviously from a, from a dual meet perspective, that it was very very just gut wrenching at that moment. But I will say this long term for more, I think he need, I, I would rather him take this loss now, take this loss now, rather than going into the national tournament undefeated and then being mm. timid. That's a great point. That's a great point. That. Now he's got the taste of a loss that's going to drive him. He knows that, hey, I'm not as good as or not. He knows that, hey, I need to get better if I want to win the NCAA tournament. That you know where I'm at right now, maybe maybe it's mentally, maybe it's physically, um, could be a number of different things. It's not going to get it done. That, so that's a great point. I'm actually now that I think about that, you know, would I rather had it maybe against Beasley or somebody? You know, <laughs> <laughs> sure, but. Because uh, I would have liked to have won this duel, but um, it, it, you know, losses—you you lose or you learn—and I think he's going to learn because he needs to be more offensive, and, and, he, and he needs to figure out how to set Kassar up to take him down or Rashid, yeah. wh- whoever it is. Who do you think it's going to end up being? I, I, that's a, just a mess. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I think the crazy thing is, is Rashid's done everything that you could ask him to do to say this is my spot. I mean, including winning a wrestle off, exactly. On, uh, Aside from his performances at the scuffle, his performances in dual meets, beating returning All-American Beasley, he's been winning the wrestle-offs. But what Rashid has been doing has also kind of lit a fire under Kassar's ass because Kassar's been going out when given the opportunity and 
beating guys, picking up some major decisions, and now he just went out and beat the number one guy in the country. So what do you do? Man, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. I hope he makes the wrong one. <laughs> um, all right, so last but nef- definitely not least, uh, 285, man. Kyle Snyder uh, taking on Nick Nevels. Captain America versus Nick Nevels. That is just that was a wonky match. I think that we really saw the effects of of that. You know, Kyle Snyder just wrestled in the Oregon and won the Oregon. That's twelve time zones away. That's a thirty hour flight. Takes the flight back. His body. Not only did he just wrestle the Oregon, so he's freaking exhausted. A. B. He weighed in at two thirteen out there, so he's not as bulked up as he will be at the NCAA tournament where he normally wrestles at about two twenty five, two thirty. Um, and he, you could tell that he got tired. I've never seen I've never seen Snyder tired like that. And and it wasn't it's not a gas tank issue. And please, no, it's definitely not. A no, gas but tank please, issue. nobody say it's a gas tank issue because I'm really going to get angry if you do. It's a lot of jet lag, and it's a lot of pressure that he put on himself. Now, remember, people, if he would have majored, it would have tied. But Penn State, unless unless he beat Neville's by twelve points or more, thirteen points 13. or more, so basically almost a tech, anyways. The um, criteria would have went to Penn State anyways. You put a lot of pressure on Kyle Snyder. He went after, we went after it. He tried to lat drop, which was, you know, in hindsight, not a good idea. But, look, he did everything he could to try to win. The dude was freaking exhausted. Can I make a statement that may not be a popular statement? Sure. And I'm not blaming Kyle Snyder at all. This, this loss is not on him. Okay? Oh. Absolutely not on him. But I do, I do believe that this may have been the one time where him competing internationally during the college season actually hurt the team. It did hurt the okay? team. Okay, because you could tell that, like you just said, for all the reasons you just said, that, I mean, he, he just went out and wrestled in the toughest tournament in the world outside of Olympics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the Oregon the is a grind. And you could definitely tell that he was, he just wasn't himself. And I will, And I'm just speculating here, but... I think he, he was very much aware of the situation regarding the match when he took the mat against Nevels, and I'm wondering if maybe he put a little too much pressure on himself and tried yep. to do too much too quick rather than just letting the match come to him. Now, Nevels actually scored the first takedown mm-hmm. to the surprise of probably everybody right. in that gym, even Kyle himself. Oh, that gym went crazy. Okay, and that was huge. But really... It shouldn't have been that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things of that match. What was a big deal was when Snyder tried to go for that lat drop, okay? Yep. Allowing Nevels to score another takedown. I think I don't think he really needed to do that. I, th- I just think he needed to, to pick Nevels apart with low-level leg attacks, do what he does, play catch and release, try to get the major, and see if you can work your way into the tech fall. Yeah. It, w- it would have been tough after giving up that first takedown, too. To get that thirteen point win, um, look, you know, yeah, to the to the to our de- to the Ohio State's detriment, Kyle Snyder wrestling overseas hurt Ohio State, but at the same time, I wouldn't have it any other way because look, absolutely we could also have the absolutely oppor- we could also have the opportunity where Kyle Snyder says, "Oh wait, you're not going to let me do this." Well, then I'm not going to wrestle no. for Ohio State again, again, and again. I'm not I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just saying in general, right? You know, look, it is what it is, man. You know, Kyle Snyder wrestles for college because he loves the Buckeyes, he loves Tom Ryan, and he loves his team. Exactly. But you know what? His goals are not to win NCAA titles. He's going to win one, but his goals aren't to win NCAA titles. His goals are to win World and Olympic titles. And if he's not able to, to put himself in the position to do that training-wise, then sorry. Because you know what? 
who else would be thrown out there? You no, know, you, Ben, you're absolutely right. And again, I, I was not blaming Snyder at all for. Oh, this I loss. know that. I know that there are not too many people in this world, if any, other than Kyle Snyder, that could have done what he just did this last. They would week. have even wrestled that exactly. Match. That could have been able to handle the grind of the Uregan, not only handling it but winning the Uregan. Traveling 30 hours there, 30 hours back, getting to Ohio State to get on a bus to drive to Penn State to wrestle, you know, a top five guy in the country. And the, and the fact that, yeah, and the fact that he beats him. Beats him 15 to 10. Right. And, and, and look, I'm telling you, it's going to be way worse next time they wrestle. Yeah. I, it, it's it's going to be ugly. And I think Kyle Snyder is going to have a. Um, <laughs> a what? Oh, Kyle Snyder's gonna sorry, Kyle Snyder's gonna have a really chip on his shoulder when he wrestled Neville's next. I think it's gonna be <laughs> I th- I feel bad for Nick Neville's next time. But you know what? It ends up being, you know, nineteen eighteen. Penn State beats us without an off. Yes, we know. We know. Stop sending us tweets about it because we know, guys. Stop cyberbullying me. <laughs> Look, I mean, Penn State won the battle. They did not win the war. The war is yet to be begun. They got round one. Um Ohio State fans, not all as dark and gloomy. Listen, the year they won the national championship, we took a horrible dual meet loss to Lehigh right before the NCAA tournament. And um, every Buckeye fan that I know um, was chicken little about it. We thought the sky was falling. It was the end. Yep. Um, and I believe it, everything turned out okay. Um, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of benefit that can come from losing um, there's a lot of learning that can be done, and I'm not losing faith. I still believe my Buckeyes are going to win the national title this year, but they got some work to do. Oh, I, and could you please do it? Because I'm tired of getting cyber bullied like Ben. That's saying. right, man. I, I got, I got, you know, maybe a couple things left to say. One, Joey McKenna, props, man. I thought you wrestled great. You know. I think that Mark Hall can definitely flip that match and win it again. Remember, he lost in that duel. Similarly, this guy is not following Mark Hall. And I, what's that? Mark Hall? Or not Mark Hall. Um, ex- excuse me. Mymar? Uh, uh, Mymar. Yeah, Mymar. And uh, last but not least, I, I told my boy, uh, Sean Chatterton, I was going to give him a shout-out on this episode. We were chatting a little wrestling uh, today. He watched the entire duel last night, and he listens to us every week. So I uh, wanted to ho- holler at him. And also, man, Big props to Penn State. I mean, what they did last night was phenomenal. And as a college wrestling fan, look, being a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes, yes, but I'm a fan of college wrestling in general. And what they did last night was amazing, absolutely amazing. Their guys battled. They took care of business, and they did it without one of the best wrestlers in the country. And um, that's just cool stuff to see, even when they are doing it against the team that you right. root for. You know, but they they're did an every- amazing team. They did everything they needed to do. Um they beat us in every way. They beat us in probably coaching. They beat us on the mat. They scored um, bonus points at the end of periods. And they're going to beat us up in podcasting this week, I bet. Oh, all week well, long. but they're, they're, you know, at least we know that we're the better podcast. No, ah. I'm saying they're going to beat up on the. Come Buckeyes on, you got to be, you got to be cocky. We're trying to be cocky. I'm going to scream and I'm going to scream and Black Shoe Diaries podcast here, like <laughs> Mark All did. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, it was. Uh, it was tough. I was actually pretty bummed, pretty sad, but, you know, we get over it. And you know what? I think you said it perfectly. We lost the battle, but the war's not even started. That's so cliche, isn't it? Isn't it so cliche? No, I just made that up, dog. <laughs> All right, Ben. Um, so, listen, we went a long time talking about Ohio State and Penn State. Obviously, it was the biggest thing to go down this weekend. Um, anything else we need to touch base on, or you got anything else you want to say? Yeah, let's just uh, let's pick it up next week. 
All right, sounds good. Well, hey, listen, episode number 52 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is in the books. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro.